Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Petrified. This episode, The Post, Venom, Society's Christmas Do, Part 1. No! Oh, sorry, sorry. Ah, look where you're going. Oh, and a happy Christmas to you, too. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. Wow, it's a lot of shopping. Hiya, June. Yeah, broke the back of the presents. All the students cleared off? Just the ones in there left. How's she getting on? Standing room only. Can I take a peep through the window and the door? Don't distract her now. They lap her up. Apart from that guy in the middle there, can't sit still? Looking like he's going to burst? Is he a mature student? Who? There. No, he doesn't look familiar. Oh, it's one of her weirdos. What do you mean? She has a coterie of oddballs guaranteed to attend any speaking gigs. Oh, he seems harmless. Don't they always? I think I'll add a friendly face to the mix just in case... Watch those bags, will you, June? Eddie, it'll be my neck later for letting someone in halfway through. Ah, she won't mind me. Offered her hand. You've missed the lecture, sir. Oh, no, this is my favourite bit. Hmm? The end. I'll just slip in here. Excuse me. Go on, missus, go on. It's miss. Either way. (laughs) Thanks for the permission. Apologies, everyone. Back to the story. As she offered her hand to the thing in the snow, she could feel, in tandem with this hunched figure's touch, the heat and life drain from her. It was then, as she realised that the hand holding hers was merely bone, that the face which bent a kiss was all teeth and socket. It was then that the clock in the church tower struck midnight, ushering in Christmas Day. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I think we have time for a few questions, if there's... Miss Pendred? Miss Pendred? Here we go. We have someone right here, sir. Yes, thank you. And, uh, and season's greetings, yes? Uh, And to you. You are one of the most revered horror novelists this country has produced. I know, I know. (laughs) And we all love to see you each Christmas for the annual ghost story reading. Which I'm very grateful for. But aren't you a hypocrite? Profiting from the openness of people's minds when your own is so closed? Well, that 
that's a harsh thing to I say. Just, I just think that you have such a great opportunity, opportunity to, to use to, your platform. You keep interrupting before I can finish. Well, it's very hard to sit still and listen to a load of crap. Mr. Rheingold, James. Rheingold, James. Sorry, uh, no, the other way around. James Rheingold. James. I take it this is about the Art Flex interview? Yes, yes. Have you just recently seen that interview, James? Because it was quite a few years ago. And fittingly, it's haunted me ever since. Uh, to those who haven't seen it, I was asked if I believed in the supernatural or an afterlife. And I said no. <laughs> our, our most celebrated writer of, and, and authority even, on the ghost story and supernatural history, and you announce on television that you don't believe. That really hurt our cause very much, very much. That's what I believe. I'm sorry I can't help your cause, but the only way to do that would be to lie through my teeth. There is documented evidence of an afterlife. There is documentation of parlour tricks, hoaxes. When we're gone, we're gone. Well, if that's the way you want to be, Miss Pendred, I have something in my bag for you. Excuse me, sir. What's the panic? It's a tape recorder. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I just wanted to play something. We don't really have the time. The lecture was due to end at nine. No, no, June. I'd love to hear what Mr. Rheingold has to offer. I'm sure everyone here wouldn't mind if we ran over a little. I... I have it on this tape recorder. Will I just press play? Come down to the desk. We can hold it up to the microphone. Isla, are you sure about this? It's okay. It's, uh, nice to meet you. Oh, and, uh, you too. Now, Mr. Rheingold, could you set the scene for us? I am a member of the Post-Vitam Society. That's Latin for after life, not afterlife. But the same thing. We wish to help those who struggle to pass over. To anyone who would like to speak to me after, I can give you some leaflets. What's on your tape, James? December last, we were contacted by a lovely lady whose teenage daughter was found dead in the back room of the house they were renovating. Wow, that's very sad. The authorities believed she had taken her own life, but her mother was convinced her daughter wouldn't have been capable. After a grieving period, she completed the renovations but could never bring herself to touch the room her daughter died in. Christmas week, around the anniversary the woman began to sense a chill seeping from the room and a smell pervading the house. A draught, perhaps? When she came close to the room, she'd hear a sound inside. <laughs> He's ignoring me. Almost like a whisper. But as soon as she'd enter, the cold would seem to evaporate. The room suddenly silent. Was it her entering which disturbed the phenomena? You're running on a little. Apologies. So, she set up a recorder in the room and caught this. Is it a message from the deceased child? Oh no, Miss Pendred. No. It's a message from whoever killed her. Shall I? Hold on. June, could you cut the lights, please? Just leave the two on at the very back of the hall. Well, that isn't necessary. Showmanship, James. The sound is quite low, so if everybody would please be very quiet.
Was that it? You'll know it when it happens. Very unusual, I'm sure. Help me! It's a bulb. It's just a bulb that blew. Turn that off, sir. Turn it off. It's not finished. I will get security. Can everyone please vacate the room and be careful of any glass? Apologies and happy Christmas. Thank you, Miss Pendred. There's no proof that wasn't you on the tape, Mr. Rheingold. Oh, I can get you incontrovertible proof. How so? I'd like to invite you to our society's party on Christmas Eve. In the house owned by Mrs. Sharkey, the girl's mother. Glass cleaned up, bulb changed. Thanks, Eddie. Isla, I'm going to check the classrooms to make sure we're not locking anyone in. You were brilliant, by the way. Oh, stop. I know. Don't forget your bags, Eddie. What bags? What were you buying, Ed? Nice one, June. Whoops. I'm going to leave before I give away. There's a bag from the jewellers with a ring box in it. Bye. You're hysterical. I think you get a kick out of entertaining those oddballs. It's genuine curiosity. The minute you shut yourself off, you... Is there, Eddie? Is there what? A ring box. Come on, woman. I know you only want me as a domestic. (laughs) You okay with Ben and his wife coming over on Stephen's Day? He's your son, Eddie. Of course I don't mind. It's not a big deal if we skip one year. Or I could go round to theirs. I'm looking forward to seeing him and Deirdre. Besides, three empty chairs would be more upsetting than just one. Give me a kiss, you. Mr. Mark's decorum, we're in an institute of higher learning. Bet we could teach these nerds a few things. Mm. Now, unhand me. Get comfy. Looks like we'll be here a while. Mm, I might have a doze. You will not. Wake up and keep me company. Are we there yet? Nope. But when we are, I'll have the dinner done in no time while you go and slip into something more comfortable. Uh, like a coma. Eddie. Yes, my dear? What if we went to that party? I knew you were thinking about it. But what if we... I'm not crazy about the idea of spending Christmas Eve with a... What's the collective term for lunatics? We could just go for an hour. It's not a good idea. Why not? Stop looking at me like that. This is your first Christmas without Claire. It has nothing to do with her being... This will be a distraction. Wrap the presents if you want a distraction. Are you afraid they'll try and take advantage of me in my fragile condition? I'm afraid it will put you in a fragile condition. That's ridiculous. It's been months. Oh, really? That long? Milo, why do you want to go? Curiosity. You're not starting to believe all this rubbish now, after all this time? No, of course not. But do you want to believe? Uh, We're moving. Hmm? The traffic. Hmm. Huh? 
nothing, Eddie. Go back to sleep. Good morning. Mr. Rheingold, it's Isla Pendret. Ah, I thought you'd call. I think I'd like to attend your party on Christmas Eve. Now, number 52, have you got the wine? <laughs> Eddie, that's number 32. Oh, sorry, there's only glass in one eye of my specs. You look like a lunatic. Throw them in the back of the car. You're not totally blind, are you? No, no. Right, which way are the numbers going? Did you look up these crackpots we're spending Christmas Eve with? Not much to find. A website not updated since last year. No mention of the dead girl online. The street's a bit bleak. If I had to live here, I'd probably kill myself too. Make sure to tell that joke to her mother. Oh, no. 52. It has to be derelict. Look at the garden. There are no lights on. Wait. See that crack of light? It's just heavy curtains. I can hear music. Yeah, the party's kicking. Come on, let's get it done. I could sense you coming up the path. We heard the gate. Hello, I'm Anne. Lovely to meet you. This is Miss Pendred, Anne, and someone with her. Yeah, hi, I'm Eddie. Oh, Miss Pendred, your earring is beautiful. These old things. Did you say earring? Oh, Eddie, I've lost one. Oh, it's gone. If you'd like to come inside... No, I, I need it. I need to find it. They're a... They were a... Well, you'll never find them in the dark. Nonsense, James. Look, I have a little torch here in the side table. Can I leave this wine here before we go back? Oh, no, 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 no. You go in. We'll look. I'd rather... You can't see a thing without your glasses. Go on, Ed. Go in. Yes. Uh, you come with me, young man. Huh. I'm older than you. Now, what's your name again? Edward Marks. Marks? Are you not the husband? We're not married. Living in sin, Marksy. At your age. Watch the loose floorboards. Don't want you breaking your goddamn neck. It's very dark. It's light in here. This is the sitting room. Just throw your coat anywhere. Do you want me to put your wine in the fridge? It's red. <gasps> quick. Marksy, quick. What? Get down on your hunkers, it's the only way. I, I, Come on, hurry. Come here. Jesus, is this a ghost thing? You need to look into my eyes. I am. Deeper. Okay. And answer me this question. Yes. What kind of lunatics do you think we are? <laughs> get up off the floor, you mad thing. But what was the tapping? Well, I don't know, mice. I'll get us glasses for your wine. Now, which way did you come from? Down there, the black car. They must be expensive, your earrings. No, it's not. They were a Christmas gift from my sister, who... Were you going to say they were a Christmas gift from your sister who died? I wasn't, but they were. That's a little blunt, Anne. Sorry. When you deal with the dead all the time, you can become a little flippant on the topic. Is that something there? It's just a twig. Sorry. 
We're big fans of yours, Miss Pendred. Me, of your books, and the others of your potential. What do you mean by that? Of what you could do for the cause, if we made you a believer. Are a lot of houses on this street derelict? This is your car, I believe. Oh, damn it, Eddie has the keys. Can I have the torch to shine in the window, please? How did she die? She was in a wheelchair, wasn't she? Yes. I saw a photo of the two of you at one of your book launches. She was very pretty. Some people have all the look. She slipped, lifting herself out of the bath. Broke her neck. An accident, then. Not a violent death. Uh, No, not at all. They're the ones who usually stick around. I think I see something under the car. Where? Ah, the batteries in this torch are going. Quick, here, my side. Look underneath the car. I can't see anything. This keeps flickering. It's gone. I'll direct you. Down underneath. Put your face in. My God, I I can't see a thing. The streetlight doesn't work this end. Put your arm under. Oh, I'm going to be filthy. Come on. Put your arm under. Across a little. Stretch. Uh, I I, I can't. Stretch. Where? There. Ah! It moved. That's it. (laughs) It's the earring. Here, let me help you up. (sighs) Why did you scream? It... It felt like something handed it to me. Wine. Thank you. Are my eyes going or is it the bulb? Oh, the electricity isn't great, so she lights the house by candlelight. Keeps corners dark, great for atmosphere. I thought you renovated the whole house except her daughter's bedroom. Isn't that the story you told? No power, the radio running on batteries. Are you squatting? This is Mrs Sharkey's house. Then where is she? She's, she's, um... Oh, take your time. I'll just take a seat, make myself comfortable. Jesus Christ! Oh, that's my bad knee. I thought you were a pile of coats. Thanks very much. Where the hell were you hiding? I was sitting right here. Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you? I didn't see you. Apparently. (laughs) We found it, Eddie. Miss Pendred, this is Maud Harris. See, that's what you should have done. I think... We've met before, Miss Harris. Maybe in a past life. Call me Maud. Marcy brought wine. Everyone, take a glass. Let's get this Christmas party started. I'd like to propose a toast. Here's to Miss Pendred, our honoured guest. Here, here. And Marcy too, of course. Everyone, please sit. As I said, I thought Mrs Sharkey was supposed to live here. I do. Amelia, the girl who died, was my daughter. Oh, and... You didn't say, I'm very sorry for your loss. But I didn't lose her. She's still with us. Mince pie? Gosh, look at the time. Eddie! It's been so all over the place. I can understand your frustration, Marxy. Edward, please. Look, before we enjoy the festivities, it's probably best you know how we got here. 
Give everyone a top up, James. They may need it. Amelia was a big fan of yours, Miss Pendred. Well, if he's Edward, I'm Isla. Isla, Amelia loved your books, your ghost stories. She would watch the film talks you gave, your interviews, before she... May I ask how she died? Why not? I was very blunt with asking you. Amelia came home from school upset, said the girls had held a seance and that a man had followed her home. He kept far enough away that she couldn't quite make out his face. Naturally, I was horrified. I began walking her to school, collecting her. One day, on the way home, she said he was behind us. I leapt out of my skin, but when I turned, nothing. Where? I said. Right there, at the corner. There was no one there. She began to see him more often. No matter how much I tried to talk her out of it, she still saw him. But never his face. That was always in shadow. He began to get closer. Not at the corner anymore. Just a few houses down. Not a few houses down. Outside the gate. Then he spoke to her. Told her a number. Twelve. And each time she heard him from then on, the number got smaller. Eleven. Ten. Nine. The stress made her very ill. I got the doctor round. Just a fever, he said. It'll pass. And it did. She woke up one morning fresh as a daisy. Stopped talking about it. Stopped mentioning it. And after a while, with everything returning to normal, I forgot. It was Christmas week. I had to pop into the office, finalise some paperwork I'd forgotten, and I got a voice message from her. Here. I kept it. I'll put it on loudspeaker. Anne, I... I almost saw his face. I'm so scared. I'll finally know what he looks like. Please come. And in that split second, I realised what day it was. Day zero. It was torrential outside. Couldn't get a taxi for love nor money. So I ran home. Came in the door near drowned, tripping over paint cans, knocking over the stepladder, charged upstairs. I couldn't get the door open. There was something behind it. With a strength that came from terror, I somehow pushed it open enough to slip in. And there she was, dead on the floor against the door. A twisted sheet leading from a coat hook down to her neck. It must have took a long time. And quite a bit of effort. Jesus. I took out my phone to call an ambulance. There was a voicemail. A call I hadn't heard because I was running. Listen. Anne, I can't speak loud. He's outside my room. I, I saw his face as he came up the stairs. Oh my God, it's too late. Oh, the door's open.
I spun around and I swear. For a second I saw a face peering from behind the door. It was not quite here. Then it was gone. No one there except for me and my dead daughter. The police found no sign anyone else had been inside. Suicide. I knew there was no point in playing them the message. But they would have investigated properly. There was no point, Edward. Because finally, I believed her. (gasps) Oh, uh, sorry, my drink slipped out of my hand. I'll get a cloth. After she died, I read all her diaries. I watched the programme she liked, Life After Death. So when the unusual things began, the noises, the cold spots, I suppose my mind had been opened into thinking maybe she had come back. And I found James and Maud, and I learned about the other side. You explain it, Maud. Think of a whirling, pounding mass of steam getting hotter, more boisterous, the walls holding it in, swelling, ready to blow. That's the realm of the unquiet dead. Now imagine someone made a little hole in the wall. The force of the escaping steam would warp the hole, bend it, burn it in the effort to escape. That was Amelia's mind. She was what I am. An empath. A gateway. The problem was she hadn't learned how to close the gate. When she opened the hole, something forced through. So, even if it seemed her death was by her hand, deliberate or not, it was the presence that killed her. Then why, in the name of God, do you want to open a door again? Because I take it that's what we're here for. You want to show Isla the error of her ways, get her star power to support your cause? Because if we don't open a door, if we don't lessen the pressure, the whole thing explodes. Uh, Explodes? Because we are proving continuation after death. It's all right, Eddie. You don't have to worry. Because there is absolutely no such thing as ghosts. May I have a top-up, please? Sure. There's more in the kitchen, too. Uh, Does it... Anyone want to pull a cracker? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 